Um, let's go ahead and let's, let's pray together as we get into God's Word. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, and we are um, in need of you. We need, we, we need you every moment, if we're honest. And so, Lord, we need you here and now. We need your grace to, uh, to grasp to grasp these words and the scriptures. We need your grace to, to not only read them, but to hear them and understand them and take them in. Lord, help us, help us to be like the, the church at Thessalonica, that when they heard the word, they took it in and they accepted it for what it was, which was the word of God. Lord, help us to be like that. And Father, we also just want to lift up uh, our church family anyone in our church that might be sick, fighting disease, we ask and pray, Lord, for your healing touch on their lives. And Lord, we also just pray for those who might be grieving loss right now, who might be really struggling just because of the way things are in the world right now, having a hard time. And we just pray, Lord, you would strengthen them spiritually. Uh, They would lean into you and that also that we might, as we are led by you, uh, reach out to them and be a support. Or we just uh, we ask and pray these things in Jesus' name, Amen. So this is the last message today in this series we've been doing on spiritual warfare. We've been going through this little passage in the Scriptures. Um, it's Ephesians six verses ten to twelve. And so uh, for one last time here, let me read this to you. So if you want to stand, as is our our kind of habit here, standing in honor of the Word of God. And today I'll just read it. Um, I'll read it and you can just uh, listen here. Ephesians 6, 10 to 20, listen to the Word of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I'm an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. This is God's word. Please have a seat. So we're calling this message today the call to all prayer, the call to all prayer. And the reason for that is the passage kind of outlines really nicely with the phrases that use the word all, okay? So we're going to look at four different phrases there that use the word all. 
And before we dive into those phrases, I just wanted to share with you a couple of things that I ran upon here, a couple of quotes that I ran upon in thinking about prayer uh, as it intersects with uh, spiritual warfare. Uh, There's a man by the name of Clinton Arnold, and he said the following, prayer is the essence of spiritual warfare and the most important means by which believers are strengthened by God. And so it's a component of spiritual warfare for sure, and, but it's also the means by which we're strengthened spiritually. It's one of the, the, the means by which God has supplied us this, uh, this because when you become a Christian, right, we now are able to approach God's throne of grace, right, in prayer at any time, anywhere, uh, which is wonderful, an incredible privilege that prayer is. And so we need to see that necessity uh, that we need to have this as a vital part of a walk as a Christian. The other thing that Clinton Arnold said was he said, Paul in this area is, is presenting prayer is foundational for the deployment of all the other weapons. So this kind of comes on the tail end, but all of these other, um, the pieces of armor and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, um, can interface with prayer at any time. Right as we maybe pray the truths surrounding the gospel truths that relate to the pieces of armor, okay? And so prayer, if you didn't know it before, we need to be reminded that it is a crucial part of our walk with God as believers, okay? Now, um, the, one of the first things we run into in this passage is this phrase in verse 18 of Ephesians 6. It says, praying at all times. Praying at all times. And so the first thing that we're supposed to do is to pray at all times. Now, that's a challenge, isn't it? To pray at all times. Um, I'm reminded of a passage of Scripture, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17, which uh, says, pray without ceasing. Now, so if you haven't been memorizing Scripture lately, you can memorize this one right today. It has three words, pray without ceasing, okay? First, that's 517, all right? But, you know, when I read that and when maybe you read that, you're like, how can I do that? How can I pray all the time? And I, I don't necessarily think he means that, you know, every moment I'm bowing my head, you know, in prayer or that I have to quit my job and go haul off somewhere where I can do nothing but pray. I don't think he's getting at that at all. I think what he's asking and telling us to do is to pray at every opportunity. Pray at every opportunity. Uh, just like in Philippians, it says in verse, chapter 4, verse 6, Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious about anything. And then it says, but in everything by prayer, right? In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. But I'm just focusing in and there is this, Philippians 4, 6 reinforces this prayer at all times. The idea is just taking every opportunity to pray about things, to take things before God, okay? And so this is, the, I think, the idea. Um, we're being commanded to, have, to, to be regular and consistent in our prayer, regular and consistent in our prayer. So I don't know uh, what your schedule is like or when you spend time with God, uh, I certainly hope you do if you're a believer, that you're spending time in the Word, taking it in, 
asking God to speak to you through the scriptures, and then spending time praying, right? Praying about things that you're concerned about, praying about things that your friends are concerned about and have asked for prayer for, um, lifting your children up to God, praying uh, for their lives, and so on, whatever it might be, right? But there is some kind of a regular time when you are uh, praying. I was listening to um, a message that um, uh, Noelle Piper and her daughter gave together um, at a women's conference, and one of the things that struck me was um, uh, Noelle was asking her daughter, what are some, what's some advice that you would give to um, young people out there? Because her daughter's, I think, just graduated from college not long ago. And she just said, as a believer, you need to find your place of prayer. You need to find your place of prayer. That was not what I was expecting her to say, but I thought it was really refreshing, you know, that she would say, have a place of prayer. Uh, have a place of prayer. Some place, and maybe, you know, same place probably remember where you have a place that you you read the scriptures. You have a place that you meet with God. You know, when you have an appointment with somebody, you meet at a place, don't you? I assume. <laughs> uh, unless it's virtual, you know, which that happens now, right? Uh, but uh, with God, right, you, it, you just find a place where you know you can, not, you can, you can be somewhat undistracted. And for young parents that... Uh, you know, that's a challenge, right? That's a challenge. I know Linda used to say she couldn't even be alone in the bathroom, you know, and the kids were always knocking on the door or something like that. And so it was very challenging, you know. And so that's where, you know, if you have young kids and you're married or whatever, uh, the spouses need to really tag team. They need to allow for each other to spend time with God, right? Uh, I'll watch the kids while you spend time with God, vice versa. You got to plan that out because, like anything else, guess what's the first thing to go that gets crowded out? That thing, that time with God, right? You fill your lives with other things. Uh, it's easy to do, right? Um, the world and everybody else will have a plan for you if you don't have a plan to spend time with God. And so just um, not a guilt trip here. This is really just saying, you know, we need that. You know, we, we need it like we've got to have our breakfast and our lunch and our dinner, you know? It's so necessary for the Christian life. Um, so I was thinking about one of our, at least for me, one of the biggest obstacles to prayer is often our lack of seeing our need for God. All right, one of the biggest obstacles, I think, probably in almost everyone's having some effective prayer life and consistent prayer life is just the fact that we don't see how much we need God, right? Um, you know, when I was teaching in the classroom, <laughs> hopefully be back there soon, but when I was in the classroom, um, you know, there would, uh, especially in this last type of class I was teaching where it was much more collaborative, hands were going up all the time, Mr. Berlisle, how do I do this? Mr. Berlisle, how do I do this? They're calling on my name all the time because that's who they look to, right? I'm supposed to know how to show them what to do, what they're supposed to do. And so they're dependent upon me in this way, right? And so we need to be much more so with God, don't we? 
that we need to say, Lord, I need you. And the way we can exp- way that's evident is that we're leaning on him in prayer, right? If we don't sense our need, we don't pray. If we don't sense our danger, right, in the spiritual warfare, we don't pray. If we don't have an acute awareness that we're in a battle, we don't pray. And so just capping off this series on spiritual warfare, just we got to be reminded, we are in a battle and prayer is vital. Prayer is vital. And so we need to uh, make sure that we are just, you know, maybe the prayer or first prayer ought to be is, Lord, make me aware of my need for you, right? Make me aware of my need for you every day, that I need you. And um, I was thinking earlier about that, that little old spiritual, right? I need thee every hour. Every hour I need thee, right? Good words, good words to a good little song, just that it just shows that dependency. Every hour, Lord, I need you. There's not a time I don't need you. And so this idea of praying at all times really is this attitude which drives us to the Lord in the middle of our day, during our work time, when you're, you know, when you're nursing your kid, whatever it might be, you know, I need you, Lord, every hour. And so we go, we want to see this call to all prayer as a praying at all times. Now, what does it say at the end of that phrase? Praying at all times, what? In the spirit, right? Praying at all times in the spirit. Now, uh, in this case, I think he's not necessarily talking. Some people think that whenever they see that phrase, he's talking about praying in tongues. I don't think he's talking about that in this case. He talks about that in other places. Um, but in those other places, he's, he, he, when he talks about praying in tongues, he will say, or speaking in tongues, I should say, I guess, is this idea that, that not everybody has that gift, okay? Whereas here, this is something for everyone to be doing, praying at all times in the Spirit. So I'm just trying to say, as you look at these things, I have questions like, well, what does that mean? Does it mean that? Does it not mean that? I don't know. Um, And so I think it's pretty logical here to think that he's saying, listen, this is something else. And I think this uh, praying in the Spirit really has to do in several different ways. By means of the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the guidance of the Holy Spirit, you know, maybe all of those things, right? Um, praying with the help and also the motivation of the Holy Spirit, right? I mean, um, when I was researching this phrase, I came across a number of people that said the same thing about the Puritans. And they said the Puritans had a phrase, a, a saying that was pray, you need to pray until you pray. Pray until you pray. And you're like, what in the world? Do they are like stuck on a record or something? You know, as I said, pray. pray. It just basically the idea is that you start praying, and sometimes it does feel mechanical when you're starting, right? Uh, maybe starting down a, a prayer list or something like that. But um, I think the idea is praying in the spirit. Sometimes is where you're kind of you're you're. It's no longer uh, Lord's bringing things to your mind. You know, maybe guiding that prayer time in a sense of things that are coming to your mind to pray about or praying on a certain vein, a certain topic or whatever beyond your list. Um, so this is something that's more subjective. It's hard to kind of get your hands around, but there is something, okay, uh, uh, when he says praying in the Spirit, there's something about it. It's, it's something that where we are, again, like I said, some people have called it being carried along by the Spirit, motivated, guided by the Spirit, maybe all of those adjectives. Okay, 
but it's not, it's obviously it's not praying in the flesh, right? He's saying praying in the spirit. Now, I think one of the ways that you can for sure pray in the spirit, um, not that this is the only way, but is to pray the word of God back to God, okay? If the word of God is called the sword of the spirit, then I'm thinking what better way to make sure I'm in line with what the spirit is saying is to pray what God has already said. Not that there aren't other ways to pray in the Spirit, but I'm just saying. And this reminded me uh, of, if you're not really sure how that goes, let me just uh, draw your, kind of give you an example. If I went to Psalm 23 right now, we went, if I went to Psalm 23, and I was reading that, and I wanted to kind of turn it into a prayer, Taking me forever to get there. Okay, here we go. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, right? I think of a shepherd as someone who guides me. I may just turn that into prayer and say, Lord, thank you that you are my guide, that you give me your Holy Spirit. You can guide me. You can lead me, Lord. Thank you for that. Or maybe if there's something I'm wanting guidance on, I say, Lord, would you lead me in that? Help me to know, right? And then it says, when it says, I shall not want, maybe I'll say, Lord, thank you that you do provide for all my needs, or maybe, Lord, I'm having a hard time not having something that I do want, <laughs> right? You said you're going to give me everything I do need, right? And so it might even launch you into something where you're, you're praying about those needs. And so you just kind of go through and try to personalize the Scripture, if you will. Now, if, you're, if that seems a little strange to you or you're not sure how to, it seems a little kludgy on how you might do that, I have a, I have a resource I would just point you to. It's called Praying the Bible. Praying the Bible is a, is a book written by a man by the name of Don Whitney. Praying the Bible. If you want to see some more examples of what this is like, if you just go to YouTube and in the search box, if you put in Praying the Bible, Don Whitney, you will see he'll have like five or six days worth of examples of what we're talking about. How to turn the Word of God into prayer. I mean, it's not rocket science, but some, it's, I think if it's nice if you can have examples, right? That's how we teach things. You kind of say, well, here's an example of what we're talking about. Uh, and so, so just, I, I just think it's, it would be really healthy for your life if, you know, just to, to pray the word of God to, and Psalms are so great for that too. I mean, other places are as well, but I'm just thinking Psalms has all these different varied emotions, right, all throughout it. And so something will resonate with us when we're reading the Psalms. So praying the word back to God, I think is just another way that we can pray in the Spirit, okay? So pray at all times in the Spirit. Now, um, if you think about that topic of being praying in the Spirit, there's a couple of scriptures that definitely talk about this, and that is in Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27, where it says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So we see the Holy Spirit has some kind of a role to play when it comes to interceding for the believers, okay? And so, um, 
But that first part, that verse 26 says, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Like when we don't know what to pray, when things are so difficult that all you can get out is an, oh God, help, or help, or oh God, or just, oh, whatever it might be, or maybe there's not even a word, but just in your spirit is just crushed and you're hurting the spirit, uh, capital S, right, in the life of a believer, uh, it says here, uh, you know, he says, we do not know what to pray, what we ought, but the spirit he intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And I think that is a one example of when that can happen, when we just don't have words for what it is um, going on and we don't even know how to pray, okay? And so I think that's one. Now, Jude, the book of Jude, uh, which comes right before Revelation, Jude verse 20, Jude 20 says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, listen to what he says, and praying in the Holy Spirit. So this is not just some isolated thing here in Ephesians 6. This is something, a theme throughout the Bible. It's praying at all times in the Spirit. So um, I think sometimes it's just even an awareness that as we're praying, that the Holy Spirit is somehow working, right? And we're, we're relying on the Spirit to help us, even guide us in our prayer life, okay? One last verse I'll leave with you here in this regard. Colossians 4.2 says, Colossians 4.2 says, continue steadfastly in prayer. Continue steadfastly in prayer. And that'll, that'll help us out in another spot when we talk about these alls. But continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Now, what's one of the other alls here in this passage? Well, that is that we're to pray all kinds of prayers. Pray all kinds of prayers. If you go back to Ephesians 6, in the next phrase, of course, the first phrase we looked at was praying at all times, and then it says, with all prayer and supplication. With all prayer and supplication. Now, in the NIV, it says pray all kinds of prayers, and I think that's the essence of it. I think that's the idea. Is just, we're going to pray all kinds of prayers. This is a common acronym used, ACTS, right? But there's actually other categories of prayer, not even listed here. Adoration, right? The A really has to do with kind of, it's worship. Thank you, God, for who you are. Thank you that your love is everlasting. You know, this is a thank you, God, for who he is, not for what he's done, okay? For who he is and how he, you know, his character, that kind of thing. And then you move into confession. Well, that's probably pretty obvious where we're just saying, Lord, um, you know, I've, I messed up, right? Uh, and uh, Lord, I want to I wanna confess that to you. Just agree that's not right. I want to get on the right path, whatever it is. Now, if you're a believer, you're already forgiven, but this has to do kind of with your familial relationship with God, right? This because uh, if you're, if we're um, in sin, if we're walking in sin, and there's going to be a, a a distance in uh, in a sense between us and God, though we're still part of His family, okay? Just like there would be some distance in a sense relationally between you and someone else if you sinned against them, right? There was a relational issue; it's got to be dealt with. So that can you can be clicking on all four cylinders or however many cylinders you have, okay? Um, and so. It's, we, need to, we need to think about that, right? Where the scriptures in the psalm says, um, the psalmist says, you know, search my heart and see if there's any hurtful way in me. You know, Lord, 
look at me. You know, you see me, show me. Show me if there's something that I need to get right with you, right? Uh, it's just a simple prayer. You don't have to go digging up dirt. Usually, at least I don't. It's usually right there on the surface, okay? Just to admit that to God, you know? And so Thanksgiving, you know, that's basically, in a sense, thanking God for what he has done, is doing, whatever. You know, you look back that day or that week, that month, that year, and you are able to thank God for how you've seen him work, right? Thanking him maybe for the blessings of salvation that he's given you, whatever it might be, thanksgiving. And then lastly, supplication. That's more of the requests, making requests of God, right? Lord, um, Lord, please help us, you know, make the mortgage payment this month. Or Lord, please help us find a new job. Got to find a new job. You know, those are, that's supplication. Those are requests. But, you know, these aren't the only categories of prayers. I think we tend to, though, typically be down in the thanksgiving and supplication probably more often than up there in adoration and worship uh, type of prayer or rather than confession. Or one that's not listed there would be like prayers of lament, right? Prayers of lament. And, and actually, I would say probably prayers of lament uh, have become a little bit more back on the scene lately. Um, if you visit Christian websites, uh, one of the ones that I look at sometimes is Gospel Coalition, all right, there have been a number of articles over the last uh, few months on this prayer, on this idea of lamenting. And, and what's, well, the reason it's come up is because of the whole uh, race, race relations and race, racial reconciliation and lamenting over uh, things that have happened in the past, things that are happening now, and just wanting, you know, just a sorrow, you know, that's what a lament sort of, sort of thing. You know, and if you want to see some lamenting, well, certainly there are some psalms of lament. If you just Google psalms of lament, you'll find some, I'm sure, some of the numbers. But also, what about lamentations? <laughs> lamentations, one of the books of the Bible that's kind of less traveled, right? But uh, you'll see some ideas of what lament is there. All right, so... Um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this point here because there, I think there are so many things that have been written on just different categories of prayer, right? Uh, and, and, but but just, just think that there's varied types of prayer and, and maybe try to stretch yourself a little bit. You know, if you tend to be in one of those categories more than another, right? Find some, you know, look at some, some of the Psalms and find some Psalms that talk about the way God is and his character, and praise him for those things, right? Um, and, and, you know, so, like I said, you know, this is like, um, you know, the first time I threw a baseball, I'm sure it was just the ugliest thing you ever saw. You know, it was awkward. I didn't know what I was doing. It probably hit the ground before it went out that way, you know? And so it's, it's th- some of these things, when you first do them, it's a little weird to you. It's a little awkward, or maybe you feel a little forced, okay? And, you know, I would say... Some spiritual disciplines are like that. You know, it, it takes practice, okay? But if your heart is to want to grow close to God, he's going to help you with that, okay? He's going to help you with that. All right, so we're to pray all kinds of prayers. Well, thirdly, what we're supposed to do also, we're, we're supposed to pray with all perseverance in this passage here where it says, 
praying at all times in the spirit. And then it says, with, with all prayer and supplication, right? To that end, keep alert with all perseverance. Keep alert with all perseverance. Now, this idea of keeping alert, I think um, keeping alert with all perseverance, <laughs> this is just bizarre. I, saw, I read about this one, I think, I don't think we were riding for the Postal Service or the Pony Express or what it was, but they talk about these cowboys having to ride through the night and they had a hard time staying awake. You know what they did? They rubbed tobacco in their eyes. Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that, but I'd find another way. I'd find a cup of coffee if I could. I'd find a Starbucks out on the range somewhere. Uh, but, but anyway, they were doing something to try to stay alert, to, right, to stay alert. But another thing I was thinking about, too, about keeping watch, right, is that um, I have a relative who used to be in the Air Force, and he was in one of these missile silos out west and had, had a, you know, they had to be ready to do something with the, launch those missiles that they need to, and at least in uh, things that I've read or seen, and you don't know how much this is Hollywood or not, but it kind of makes sense to me. There had to be a couple of people in that room. You can't just have one person launch those missiles, right? They have to be doing things at the same time or something. But there's one thing you could do, and that's fall asleep, <laughs> right? You never knew if you were going to be called upon. You, I'm sure they hoped they were not going to be called upon, right, to do their duty. But they had to be alert. And I think this is the thing that Paul's trying to get at us. He says, you need to be alert in your prayer life. You need to wake up and see that you got to pray. Can't you see you're in a battle? You know, he's just, he's just saying, listen, we need to keep alert. And if we're alert, we're going to persevere. If we're alert, we're going to persevere. This idea of perseverance. Persevering in prayer. This idea of perseverance, holding on, never giving up, even in the face of opposition, and even in the face of what looks like failure to you, continuing to pray and bring these things, whatever it is you're praying about to the Lord. You know, one of the things that, that the Bible does, and does a lot of things, but one of the things it does for us, it gives us great examples of persevering prayer, okay, persevering prayer. One is, is um, Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus in Mark chapter 10, Mark chapter 10. I'll just read this passage for you, Mark chapter 10, 46 to 52. It says, then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city. A blind man named Mar Bartimaeus, that is the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. Right, so the, Jesus and all these people that were following and his, his uh, disciples were getting ready, leaving town. Out by the, the city as they're leaving is this guy named Bartimaeus. He's blind. And so he's begging there. And uh, it says, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth coming by, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And then it says, many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. You know, quiet, don't bother the master, you know. He's going on to the next town, whatever. But Jesus stopped. But actually, you know what happened was, they tried to shout him down, but guess what? He shouted all the more. 
(laughs) It's like, you're not going to tell me to seek Jesus out. Jesus, he says again, son of David, have mercy on me. And then Jesus said to, to them, he said, call him over here. Bring this guy over here. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. And Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Isn't that a great statement? Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Um, I know it's not the point of the passage, but I'm just thinking about this fact that, you know, Jesus is saying, you know, you can ask me anything. You can ask me anything. You know, what do you want me to do for you? You know? The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. I also just think it's fascinating that he does ask, he does ask Bartimaeus to ask him. There's something to that. I think he said, you need to ask me. You know, that, that idea of you have not because you ask not, right? He could have said, well, isn't it obvious what I need, right? <laughs> I can't see a blessed thing, you know? No, no. He's like, no, what do you want? What do you want? And so he says, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed. Followed Jesus along the road. Amazing, isn't it? These people, naysayers, right? Trying to get him not to call out to Jesus. Trying to get him not to cry out to him. And I just think about that as, as a, um, now he wasn't praying to Jesus because Jesus was right there, right? But isn't it a great example for us, I think, too, just to keep seeking, keep Uh, knocking, keep asking, like it says in the scriptures, to persevere in prayer, right? So that's that's just one example in there. But you can go to all kinds of places. But also, I think uh, it would be remiss of me, since we're talking about perseverance in prayer, to not mention uh, Luke chapter 18. So why don't you turn there, Luke chapter 18 and verse 1. Luke 18, verse 1. says, uh, and he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. I love it when the Bible tells me what's coming, right? (laughs) We don't have to worry about what the purpose of the parable is. We don't have to speculate. It tells us. It says this parable, Jesus is teaching people so that they would always pray and not lose heart. Okay, so that's the point of this. And then he goes on. He says, he's going to tell them the story, right? And he said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. Nice guy, huh? And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he he refused. But afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, you know, he even admits it, (laughs) yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, "Hear, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And he will not, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? And so I was just thinking about this, 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 this parable here, right? Is that Jesus is telling his people, 
and now we can be included in that if we're believers, is say he wants us to continually pray and not give up, right? So part of the battleground of prayer is to persevere, right? Whatever it is you're praying for, whomever it is you're praying for, right? Keep praying, right? Keep praying for your children. Keep praying for that relative. Keep praying about your circumstances. Keep praying for healing. Keep praying for whatever it is, okay? To persevere. And that verse I mentioned to you before, that Colossians 4.2, right? Continue steadfastly in prayer. That's a, just continue in it. Keep going. That's where I think, you know, praying together can be an encouragement, right? Praying by yourself, sometimes it might be easier to give up. Praying with others can be encouraging to maybe keep at it, to not give up, to not throw in the towel, whatever. And so Paul encourages the Ephesians here right in this last part of this warfare he talks about is he's saying keep alert with all perseverance you know don't don't discount a prompting to pray right if the lord brings somebody to your mind it could very well be because he wants you to pray for them okay god works through prayer right he does and so we need to see that we're a part of that process. <laughs> I don't know how it all works. I'm not going to pretend to know. You know, we like to formulize everything. Uh, there is a mystery to prayer. But we're commanded to pray. And we've seen answer, we see God answer prayer. We see him do it in the Bible answer prayer. And we see sometimes he doesn't answer the way we would want. Okay? But we always submit to God's will. Always. Because Daddy knows best. <laughs> he does. He really does in this case, right? Okay? Now, last thing I want to mention here on the four alls of prayers, we need to pray for all the saints. Pray for all the saints. There, what he, he, he mentions that he says, um, making supplication for all the saints. And then he gives a specific prayer request for himself, Right? Pray for all the saints. The thing I think of, I started thinking about this was, you know, uh, and if you don't know this, by the way, um, the Bible here and using that word saints is not saying, not talking about a special category of believer uh, called saints. You know, the Bible does refer to saints as all believers called saints. Okay, so you and I, if you're a believer, you're a saint. Okay, um, now your mother may not think that you are, and maybe know differently, but. It's not that kind of thing, okay? If you're a believer, you're a saint here. That's what it's talking about, okay? And so it says uh, to pray, make supplication for all the saints. And I was just thinking about, you know, some of the saints that often we forget about we, because maybe we're not geographically in, you know, in the same location. And so, you know, uh, since they're not present here, it's easy for them to be absent from our mind. And so to pray for the, the persecuted church, to pray for believers around the world who live in a situation where uh, it might be even illegal to have a public church meeting or it might be considered, um, but you know, if, if your family knew you were a believer, you would be disowned, 
or worse or kill, right? And so this happens and we don't see it. It's not, it's not in the forefront of our minds, but they need our prayers. And, uh, and since we're not there, sometimes we don't know how to pray. And so there are ministries, right, that are out there to try to keep that awareness uh, up and to let us know how we can pray. And so Voice of the Martyrs is one of those ministries, Voice of the Martyrs. Persecuted.com is where it will take you if you search Voice of the Martyrs. When you click on that, it'll take you to persecuted.com. And if you want a prayer guide, I saw they, act, they actually will send you a free prayer guide. If you go down towards the bottom of the page, there's this like how to pray, how you, how you can pray. And then when you click on that, it'll take you to a form and you can sign, you can get a, a free prayer guide mailed to you. So, you know, if we, could, we could say, well, we don't know what to pray. Well, there's somebody doing that for us. They're helping us know what the needs are. Or you might know of some people. You very well might have connections to people who are being persecuted. And by all means, pray for those saints. Right? Pray for those saints. Now, um, you know, we've had times, we've had people here in our church speak as missionaries who were once in prison, right? The, uh, Mike Cater. And so when we were getting emails, you know, when he was in prison and we knew how to pray in a sense for him and so on. But but maybe you don't have much touch with missionaries either. And I was just thinking there's there are great resources too. Again, in this category of praying for all the saints. Pray for our brothers and sisters on the missions field, okay? Uh, where they're taking the gospel in many cases where it's not been heard or where they don't have a Bible in their own language, right? And so um, how do you know how to pray for those people groups or who who, who are those people groups that don't have any kind of Christian representation uh, to speak of there? Well, again, there are many ministries that do this. One I know of is called Operation World, Operation World. And you can Google that, go to their website, find out uh, how to pray for different people groups. They have a free app for your phone called Operation World, and there's like a prayer of the day or a a people group of the day you can pray for. Um, A lot of people are homeschooling now, maybe even more than were before, or in a hybrid situation where your kids are now partly in school and partly at home. I'll tell you what, a great geography assignment would be, let's pray for the people group of the world today. Let's go find out where they live. Let's find out about those people and let's pray for them. Okay, there you go. Just give you some homeschool curriculum right there. All right. Um, But anyway, just trying to think of ways that we can up our game in praying for all the saints, praying for all the saints. And certainly, you know, bring it back home here. Pray for your local church here. Pray for Darby Creek Church, you know. Pray that the Lord would help us, right, to, to be faithful to our mission, right, to make disciples of all the nations, right, uh, and to teach those people to obey all that the Lord has commanded us, right, because it's not enough, okay, we need to hear this. It's not enough to just simply lead people to Jesus, okay? It's not enough because that's not the entire mission. We are to make disciples who make disciples, okay? That's important. That's important. We got to realize that there's, we're called, if you're a believer, you are called to personally participate 
in what we what has been dubbed the Great Commission, right? My son Caleb gave a message on making disciples, so I'm not going to reproduce that. In fact, I was told by Carrie Hayes that when she looked at the statistics, that Caleb's message far outshined any message I had ever given online. <laughs> so I just forgot I'm going to sit down, and Caleb's going to come up here from now on. But I, I was just thinking, well, I wasn't discouraged by that. I was just like, wow. I mean, that was like, I'm talking like far and above. I was like, wow, it must be all its college friends. I was trying to rationalize it, trying to rationalize it, you know. It doesn't really matter. I don't care about that. But I was just thinking about, you know, what he was saying. That's God's will for every person in this room that's a believer. It's God's will for you. I don't have to wonder about it because it's very plain. And we have to realize as a part of our prayer life for this church has to be, Lord, raise up labors for the harvest in this room. And I don't mean, I mean, it might mean some of you going to another country. Maybe, that's okay. But how about the harvest right across the fence in your backyard? Be a laborer. And I just think, I, I, was, I, was, I felt convicted today that uh, when I was preparing, I was just felt convicted, Lord, let us finish well what has been started here. Finish well, right? Be faithful to making disciples to the end, right? That's what we need to do. Uh, and again, I'm just, I'm just kind of hitting on this, uh, praying for all the saints. You can pray for this local church. Um, to that end, to that end. Because now more than ever, it's easier not to engage people in conversation because we have all kinds of excuses why we can't do that. Right? And so we, we have to push through that and we have to ask God, like Paul did, ask the Ephesians, what did he pray? For boldness. He's in prison for heaven's sakes. Lord, make me bold. I want to just keep on preaching to every guard they change me to. Chain me to. He's just on point, on mission every day. And I say, Lord, just make that true of all of us. Right? It doesn't matter what our vocation is. It doesn't matter. Right? He's called us to that. And certainly, certainly intercede for each other. When it, when it comes to praying for all this, pray for each other. This is Part of a small group experience is going to be praying for each other, right? Supporting each other, lifting each other up. Um, it's, a, it's a critical part of body life. So the call to all prayer, right? He's telling us to pray for all the saints. He's telling us to pray at all times in the spirit, right? Pray with all perseverance in all kinds of prayers. How about just pick, you know, if you're overwhelmed by all that, how about just pick one of those things? Pick one of those points from Scripture and have at it and say, Lord, grow me in this because this is part of the battle. Let us keep alert. Okay, Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. I just know myself sometimes feeling so inadequate, but... We are inadequate in of ourselves, and you have supplied for us that which we need, the Holy Spirit, to do the job you sent us to do, even to help us in prayer. God, let us not feel condemned because 
we're not condemned by you. But Lord, let us be encouraged to pray. Let us be uh, just challenged to want to persevere, to maybe push out into areas of prayer that we've not gone into because we're less familiar. Praying the word maybe back to you, Lord. Maybe we're not used to that, but praying the Praying the word of God that was inspired by the spirit of God, I can't think of a better way. Father, let us be guided by the spirit in our prayers. Lord, help us just to, as we start praying, Lord, it might feel mechanical, but Lord, bring the things to mind to pray for the people, the people groups, whatever it is, Lord. Knowing that it does accomplish your will, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.